Okay. A good chodesh, everyone. A good chodesh. A good yor. Um, today is Rosh Chodesh. Tonight is Rosh Chodesh of, and it's the yard site of Aaron Akohin. It's, it's Parshas Matois and Masa, yeah. <coughs> and um, a lot of a lot of discourses in Lakuti Torah. Torah, or you have two parshas. Um, I was actually preparing another one, but I was still a little jet lag, so I, I didn't really. So then I, I saw this mimer just ten minutes ago, and I said, "This one talks about Aaron Akoyin, and tonight is Aaron Akoyin's yard site." So we're going to learn a discourse that is completely unprepared. When I say unprepared, it means I didn't even read it once. So I'm going to have to remember it from my when I was still in the womb. Not bad, right? We learned the whole Torah in the womb, right? That's good. All right. So here we go. In the in the um, borders of Eretz Yisrael, in today's Chitas, actually today's Chumash, we learn the borders of the land. What is going to be the the um, it, it, the Torah very clearly um, specifies exactly the borders of Eretz Yisrael. So there's two psukim over here. When you're coming from the north of Eretz Yisrael, and we're going down the eastern flank, it's, it's, it, it, it's describing from north, from the northeast corner to the, to the southeast corner. So you're going to go now, the Torah describes the entire eastern side of Eretz Yisrael. That's the last and final border that the Torah is describing, the, the, the east side. It begins first with the southern border, then it goes up on the western border, which is the Mediterranean mainly. Then it, then it describes the northern border. And then the last psukim are describing the eastern border. So the Pasuk says, V'yarad agvul. This is in Pasuk Yud Aleph, in Perek Lamed Dalid. It says, V'yarad agvul. The gvul will descend, the border will descend. Mishfam, from Shfam. Rivla to Rivla. Over here you can see the picture. You don't have the picture in front of you, but Shvam is it's coming down. It's going downward. When we say down, we mean we're coming down south. We're going from north. North is always considered higher up. South is down. So we're coming, we're going, we, we are moving in southern direction. So we're going down. Like you say, going down to San Diego. We're going up to San Francisco. Okay, so you're going down. So we're coming down from Shvam to Rivla, Mikedem La'ayin, which is to the east of Ayin, of a place called Ayin, which means that, Avipashtis, the simple meaning is that Rivla, this place called Rivla, is to the east side of Ayin. According to that, Ayin is a place. Ayin actually means an eye, but it, it, over here it means it. It's to the east of a place called Ayin. Then, the Yared Gavul, then the Gavul, the border, continues going down south. Umacha al Ketef Yam Kineres, and it hits. Umacha means Loshan of like hitting. It hits 
Al Ketef Yam Kineres to the eastern Kedma to the eastern shore of the Kineret. The Kineret, uh, the Kineret uh, Sea. The Kineret in Eretz Yisrael is like a sea, right? So it is a sea. So meaning the eastern border, that means the entire Kineret is inside Eretz Yisrael. The Kineret is the eastern shore. We're going on the outside of the Kineret. The eastern side of the Kineret is already over there. Is already not Eretz Yisrael. That would be already the other side. Um, okay. That's the that's what it says. Machal kesef yan kineres. Then it says v'yarad hagvul. Then the border continues going down, ha'yerdena, and it hits the and it follows the Jordan River, because from the Kineret runs the Jordan. The Jordan follows out of the Kineret, going downward, and it goes from the Kineret to the Dead Sea. The Yarden goes from the Kineret. It goes further too, but. This is the path of the river from the Kinneret to the Dead Sea. So that too is the border of Eretz Yisrael. You're following the Jordan River from the Kinneret, down, down, down. That's what it says. The Gvul goes down. Ha-Yardena to the Yardain. And then its end will be Yama Melech, the Yama Melech, the Salt Sea. And that brings you to the bottom of Eretz Yisrael, the end of the Yama, the Dead Sea. Kind of over there is the. You get back basically to the place you started, which the Psukim earlier started making the 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 uh, the This should be to you the land to its border So the Alter Reb is going to give us the deeper inside perspective on this eastern border of Eretz Yisrael. I don't think he touches the rest of it, but he just gives us insight into this. Again, because I didn't learn the mimer yet, I don't know. But just from reading just the beginning of it, that's what it seems. Okay, let's read. The yod ada gevul. The gevul will contend you down. Now it's interesting. He skips two words over here. The yod ada gevul. Here it says mishvam harivla. Then, uh, actually, mikadem la'ayin forwards. And then it says the yod ada gevul. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. He's actually referring to the second the yod ada because it's strange that the Alter Rebbe wouldn't say V'goymer. Okay, so I figured something is wrong. Here it says, V'yared HaGvul Meshvama Rivla Mikedem La'ayin. That's half of the Pasuk. Second half of the Pasuk. He's referring to the second half of the Pasuk. V'yared HaGvul Umacha Al Kesef Yam Kineres Kedma. Okay? So, V'yared HaGvul Umacha Al Kesef Yam Kineres Kedma. And the border goes down and it hits the eastern side of the Kineret. Kedma to the east. And then it says in the next Pasuk, what? And the Gvul continues going down following the Jordan River. So first the Alter Rebbe explains what is the Jordan River in, in Ruchnias. Physically we know what the Jordan River It's a physical, it's a river. But what is the spiritual meaning? Everything in Israel has, everything in the world has spiritual meaning. How much more so in the land of Israel, how every little inch of land has tremendous spiritual quality and uniqueness. Of that particular piece of land. So he nebchenes Yardain. Now the Yardain, who's there? The idea of the Yardain is Kamaim Razal. What Chazal say? The Yardain takes from one place and delivers in the other place. Exactly 
in what reference the Gemara says that, that it takes from one place, that's what's called Yardain. It's Noitel Mizeh, and it's, it's Noitel Mizeh, and uh, so I don't even know where that phrase comes from. Let's put in a little Google search over here, and we'll see exactly. Yardain, Noitel Mizeh, Noitel Mizeh. What is the Lashin? Noitel Mizeh, Venoisen Lazeh. Venoisen. Let's see where that comes from. Mm. It's interesting. He's bringing this. It brings only the chassidus. <laughs> it's not bringing the initial place where it says that. Maybe it says it in the back over here. I just want to, it's not Negea so much over here, I just wanted to see the, the simple meaning. Maybe it's a Okay. Okay, we'd have to look that up another time. Anyways, the Yardin takes from one and puts somewhere else. So what does that mean? What does it mean spiritually piddish? That idea that the Yardin is taking from one side and putting on the other side, again, I don't know the simple meaning of that, but whatever that means, it's taking from one place and putting in the other place, it means it, the Yardin is a powerful transformer. What is it doing? It's taking from the side of the unholy and it brings to the holy. The Yardin is the converter. That's what we can understand. It's at the border of Eretz Yisrael. It converts from the unholy and it moves it to the holy. What does that mean? This is the idea we always speak about raising sparks, raising things up. Which means initially the object, the entity, whether it's food, whether it's clothing, whether it's any other physical phenomenon, it first exists in the low realm detached from Hashem. That means it first exists in the world of Klippa. Whether Klippa, you know, you know, generally we say Klippa Snoga. Klippa, three impure Klippas we can't touch. But it belongs to the Klippa. And when after a, a Jew uses it, what, are you, what is a Jew supposed to do with it? Make a bracha, use it for the right purposes. And then you elevate it from a lower place and you bring it into a higher place. You bring it into Tzadah Kedush. So that's the Indian of the Yardin. The Indian of the Yaridain is, the Jordan is, it's noitel mizeh, it takes from here, the noitel mizeh. Pidishu inyana Allah, this is the idea of Allah, raising things up. Lahalois, to bring things up, mahashvira, from that which is broken, mishiyudei malachim detoyu, from the leftover, uh, from the leftover um, remnants from the world, from the kings of Tayo. As we learned many times, the Nitzutze Kedusha, the sparks of holiness, have the, how, how are there sparks of holiness that are down, scattered in the world? Where do these sparks come from? So we learned there was a primordial world called Oilam Tayo. It was a very, very, very intense holy existence. The energy, however, was too intense for the vessels. The vessels broke. And those shards, and then, the, and then the sparks, 
the shards of these vessels, they are called, um, these are these Nitzutze Kedusha, these sparks related to these shards from the world of Tayu that have fallen. And they have fallen into a Kalipadig estate. Once they've collapsed, they, they fall, they, they've materialized as something unholy, as something ungodly. Powerful, godly potential. Now, the, 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 they're also referred to the, the world of Tayu, where these sparks once belonged to, when they were still in holiness, were called the holy kings, the ancient kings of Tayu. They were kings because each one couldn't get along with the other. As a king, each one is like a king. And uh, like you see now, uh, Trump is fighting with everybody. He goes to Europe, he fights with it. Today he got into a fight with May, he gets into a fight with everybody. It's kings. It's I have to have it my way. Okay? Full, fully aggressive. So that's the way it was in Oilam Atoyo, where the, the, um, the spheres couldn't get along with each other because each one, because it's the idea of kings. So these sparks of holiness have fallen down, as he uses the term over here, these are from the leftover remnants of the king, kings of Tayu. That, that were not yet fixed. Because we know that initially, we're always told that we have, to, we, we, have to, we have to clean up the mess. Which mess do we have to clean up? The mess of Shvira Sakelem. Shattering of the vessels, sparks fell all over. Our world is to, our avoid is to elevate the sparkle. We don't realize is that 90% or 95% of those sparks were already elevated. When? Not by us. By the, by the initial process of creation, Hashem already fixed 95% of the mess. He left over a tiny little, little bit that still needs to be, rect- still needs to be rectified. So that's what he's saying over here. Shaloin is bararu. There's still some leftover sparks of holiness that are not yet in a state of birr. They haven't yet had their birr yet, their refinement yet. And that's our avoida to elevate them. The Yardain has is that is noit It takes from here, from the side that's unholy, and it places it in the side of Kedusha. So That's Klipas Noiga. Klipas Noiga is a klipa, which in that klipa it's deposited the glowing shell. Within it is deposited these sparks of holiness. We need to extract these sparks and reunite them with Kedusha. How do you do that? To transform them to holiness. What is that? Now what did we say earlier? How did, the klipas, how did these sparks fall in the first place? It was from the intense kings of the world of Tayyip. Now those kings are many times referred to as the seven, seven emotions. The seven, it says that in the Chabad of Toyu, in the Chachma Binadas of Toyu, there wasn't really a Shvira. The Moichen were not of impact. The Moichen remained intact. It was the Zion Taton, it was the seven lower spheroids of the world of Toyu, of the world of chaos, they fell. That's the Zion Midas. When they fall in, they fall into Klipas Noiga. Our avoid is to fix them. And what does that mean? We have to encounter these seven midas in an unholy way. For instance, where do we encounter these seven midas in an unholy way? Our nefesh Bahamas, our animal soul is an impulsive being. And it has all these midas, unrectified midas. It has a power of chesed, of love, of attraction. But it's a misguided attraction. It's a midah that is 
that is not that is not uh, that is not healthy. It's an unhealthy midah. It's 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 lost. It's misguided. It's an emotion in the wrong place. And what's our avoid? Our avoid is to take that emotion and direct it to educate our animal soul to influence our emotions to enlighten our emotions that our emotions should 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 change and we should uh, bring some sophistication to our emotions they should desire for example that love should be holy love i should love the proper things and the same is also my sense of fear or my sense of discipline should be rectified and it should be holy discipline the and so is in each of these seven emotions that's the avoid so Azai and Amida is the seven Midas. Azai and Amida is the seven Midas and Nafluba Klippas that fell into the Klippas. Cham Uknan. So who's 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 the uh, ancestor of the seven of the seven? Now here's the thing: a major, major deposit of these sparks of holiness. Where are they? Mainly. They're scattered amongst the 70 nations. 70 nations are, are related to these seven midas. Ten of each of the 70 nations are manifestations. Each one of a different, each culture has its energy. But it's energy that's corrupted and needs to be rectifi- rectified. The Jewish people have, are from the world of tikkun. When our neshamas at least, our higher part, our godlier part, is fully cognizant, it's fully aware, it's fully attached towards the MS of godliness, MS of Elokus, and our avoid is to enlighten the 70 nations. So these 70 nations contain all these sparks. But the root of these 70 nations are who? The seven nations who lived in the land of Canaan. So when the Jewish people had to conquer the land of Canaan, it wasn't just conquering the land of Canaan, it was conquering the seven nations that are there. What does it mean spiritually? It was engaging these seven emotions as represented by these seven nations and working on transforming them. So really conquering the land was not just a physical battle. It was primarily an internal battle within the Jewish soul. A Yid had to fight within himself all negative emotions, all misguided emotions. By fixing it within, it was automatically fixed without. So these are the seven nations. Now these seven nations are really all descendants who lived in Eretz Yisrael, are descendants of Canaan. And who's Canaan's father? Cham. Ah, that tells you that most of the sparks of holiness fell into Cham. Cham needs rectification. That's why we find from the three brothers, Shem, Cham, and Yafes, the one who's misbehaving is Cham. Because Cham needs a tikkun. Shame and Yefes are partially already nistakin. They have already a tikkun already there. They're born kind of fixed. But Cham needs serious rehabilitation. So, and that's why, where do the Jewish people, which land do we conquer? It's the land of Cham. Eretz Canaan. Canaan is a dafke Canaan. Now Cham, he says, indicates that. Because the word Cham comes from the word Chamimus. And Chamimus means heat. That Cham has a lot of energy. That's why he's hot. He's heated up. He's got, an, he's got a tremendous deposit of powerful spiritual energies, but it's, it's, it's corrupted. It's in the wrong thing because it comes from Shvira Sakalim, from the shattered vessels. So we have to enter into the land of the Chamites 
and do a tikkun over there. By doing what? By taking these midos bit by bit and transforming them to Kedush. And that's the work of the Yardane. The Yardane takes Mizeh, the Noisel Nizeh. Where is the Yardane? On the side of the land of Canaan, which is the land of Chum. That's where the Yardane is operating. The Yardane is sitting over there and fishing out the fish, the sparks, and transforming him to holiness, elevating. So, that have fallen in the clip of Cham, Uknan and Knan. Chamimus, which is the idea of heat. Shoirish Azayim Midas, Roi Shebeiritz Knan. Cham, the heat, is the root of all seven Midas that in the land. In general, we know that even though there is one particular emotion that's called hot, which is Gvura, Gvura is hot, but in general, Bechlal, emotions are heated. A person who's, who's, who's acted, who's acting responding emotionally not intellectually that's a, that, that's a hothead someone whose everything is like thought out that's intellectually right? intellect is calm emotions are always so Cham represents all the seven emotions you see that his children are the seven nations who lived in the land of Canaan the seven Midas but here is the Nekuda the point over here is not to take, not to take um, um, some kind of a uh, anti-inflammation uh, or anti. Um, I don't know. I'm looking for what? What do you spray on a fire? Yeah, but what, 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 what is that called? Could be something like that. It's not to dose the fire. It's to direct the fire. It's not that we want to get rid of the chamimos. We don't want to. We don't want to destroy those sparks. We just, want to, we just want to direct it. And that's the idea. To take from the very, very heat and fire of the land of Canaan, which is the land of our nefesh of Bahamas, of our animal soul. Land of klipa digi heat. And take that very heat and do with it what with it to turn it into rishpeha rishpeish. To turn it into flames of fire towards God. That the heart goes ablaze to the service of the Ebeshter. And as Hasidus explains to us in many places, that our Nishama is a more of a reflective being. Our Nishama is more of an intellectual being. Generally, the world of Tikkun is dominated by intellect, by knowledge. And therefore, even though there is emotion in the world of Tikkun, it's emotion that is very, 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 very intellectual. And therefore the emotions are not, not as fiery. The animal soul is primarily an emotional being. Because in the world of Toyu, the emotions were very strong. In Tikkun, is dominated by intellect. Emotions in the world of Toyu is very strong emotion. And that's the myla of harm, harnessing our animal soul. If we can get our animal soul to join along in our in our avodas Hashem and our connection to God, then our passion towards Hashem increases tenfold or even more. Because the animal soul dafka has a fire that the neshama doesn't have. And that's what he's saying. To take the very heat of the nefesh of Bahamas and do with it what? To fire up the fire and the flames of love to service of Hashem. 
So now we understand the Yardin. What's the Yardin? It takes from here, from the unholy, and it puts it into Kedush. Which is the Avoida from below up. Because you're taking something that is in a lower state, in an unholy state, distant from God, unaware of Hashem. It's like a carbon. You're elevating. The animal had heat, but the heat of the animal was towards its own towards its own tivus, towards its own desires and wants. And you're directing that animal heat, turning it into a fire on the Mizbeach, in which the fire on the Mizbeach means a yearning towards a desire to be included in godliness. It's this idea. And this is called the from below. And this is called the world. Shuvav Ketzavis. Which means that this kind of a love is considered in Hasidus, when we speak about the love that comes from below, it's called Avas Oilam. It's called a love coming from Oilam, coming from the world. It's when worldly things turn around and, and are directed towards, towards godliness. The thing about this type of an avoda. An avoda that's coming from the world. In other words, where we're excavating sparks of holiness and directing it towards God, this avoda is not consistent. This avoda, automatically you're going to have ups and downs. Why? Because you're constantly moving in various different aspects of the world and some things give easier a way to godliness and transfer themselves to godliness without such a fight. And other things are more resistant. So therefore you find yourself that when you're dealing with worldly things, trying to convert the worldly things to holiness, you're not going to have that constant consistency and so on and so forth because it depends on, on the chicken you ate yesterday. Some chickens allow themselves easier to become holiness and some chickens put up a bigger fight. So therefore it depends, right? So some days your davening chakras is going to be with more fervent because your chicken you ate last night is more of a supporter of godliness. He's less of a fighter. And, and sometimes you're having a hard time because the chicken lotzachnisht. He doesn't allow himself. He wants to remain a chicken. He wants to remain in the world of chickens. Doesn't want to become a fire towards God. So it will depend. It changes. By the way, this concept is what I discussed today in an earlier shir. It's between matais and masa. Matais, the Rebbe says, means firm, strong. He's referring to the firmness of your neshama. In Hashanah is firm, strong, stubborn, this is the way it is. That's where the Avodah comes, that non-changing. There's another Avodah called Masay. Masay is you go from place to place to place and you're seeking to draw godliness out from the place itself. That is constantly changing. That's, that's not consistent. There's a, there, is, there, is, there is a change. There's ups and downs and so on and so forth. Stubbornness of the Nishama, that's consistent. And that's coming from, that's Matais. That's Masay. It's interesting. He's not making... Uh, um, uh, uh, reference to that over here this idea this idea and this there has to be changes because of the various different things that you're dealing with certain things they, they, the way they convert it to holiness is different and physical things eating and drinking so we know that, that since you're taking the Gashmias, and you're converting it 
first of all, all physical things are different. And therefore that's going to result in a different kind of a beer in terms of the intensity of it, the resistance it's going to fight it, the, the klipa that's there, how tough it is, and so on and so forth. But then he says, There's another kind of um, It's interesting that he says, um, I don't know what he means, maybe that's why he puts it in parentheses, that it's not... You would think that the disavoid that he's referring to now is not midvarim tachtoin. But let's see, let's leave that for a moment. which is higher, v'nikra avarabba, and that is called great love. You're not trying to squeeze out the love from the physical food, right? From the food from the that you've eaten, or the physical things that you're that you've used lavoidus Hashem. And have them bring you to love. That's called avas oilam. But there's a different type of love called ava rabba. Avas oilam is love taken from the world, from the sparks of holiness that are within the world. Ava rabba is love being channeled from above. Primarily, it's the love innately embedded in your neshama. And your neshama is a heavenly being, or even deeper than that. There are certain spiritual lifelines, there are certain spiritual channels that are continuously channeling love down to your soul. Primarily, Aaron HaKohen, whose yard site is right now, as we're learning. He is a channel to channel love. And that love is not coming from the world. That love is coming from heaven. That loving is coming directly from Hashem, who's directing love towards us. That's consistent. The reason why it's consistent is because God is consistent. Since it's coming from God, it's consistent. So it's a constant thing, it doesn't change. It's possible that we're, we're not tuning into it, that yet, yeah, you say, if it's always, then why? Yeah, of course it's possible, we don't necessarily always tune into it, but mitzad, the love itself, it's a consistent love. When the previous love that we're talking about earlier, that comes from the world, that love, it itself is a changing love, because it's, you're, you're, you're pulling it from, 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 from the world, and the, the, the manner in which Everything in this world connects to godliness is different. Some things have a larger spark. Some things have a smaller spark. Some things have a larger klipa. Something has a lesser klipa, a thicker klipa, so on and so forth. You have all the variations. That's when you're taking the love from below. But when you're taking the love from above, that's a consistent. That's the idea. Mamish that they are matis and masay. It's interesting. You don't have to get the love from Cham. That means you're not getting the chamimus, the heat, the excitement from the, from the earthiness, from these three, from the seven countries, Canaan uh, and so forth. Instead, where are you getting the love from? The love is coming from above. It's coming from above the world. It's coming from a higher place. It's coming from above the oilam. It's not coming from the four, from the six directions called world. It's coming from a spiritual light emanating from above. Shahatoira and so where is it really coming from? It's explaining it's coming. Oilam, in terms of spheros, we can say like this. The love that comes from the world, Bisharshoi, in its root, the source of the world, the source of the creation are the seven midas. 
Because how did God create the world in seven days? Also time, space, six dire- di- directions, and the center point. So Olam, world, is seven. So the love that comes from the world means that it originates in the seven emotions. What did we say earlier? The seven emotions, they had a shvira. They shattered. They fell into the world. They fell below into klipa. And our avoida is to extract these sparks of love from within this world and love God with that love. But then there's another love. It's not coming from below. I said before, it's coming from Aaron Akayan. It's coming from the Torah. Torah brings us love. When a Yid learns Torah, automatically he's channeling love into his neshama. What's the Torah? The Torah is above the world. Say, Torah, Alpayim Shana Kadma Torah La'olam. The Torah is 2,000 years before the world. Obviously, we understand it doesn't mean 2,000 years in our count of time. It means 2,000 levels where the Torah is above the world. Because Torah comes from Chabad. Chabad is a level that's above the world. Chagas, Chesed, Gvur, Teferis, Nehem, the seven emotions. That's the power of the world itself. Chabad is above the world. So this is a love that's coming from above, higher than the world. Torah is 2,000 years before the world. And when a Jew is learning Torah, he's not extracting something from below. When a Jew is learning Torah, he's channeling godly words from above into his neshama. And that's turning on his neshama. And here's an interesting thing. V'sham nemar gamkein. And regarding to the Torah, it also says, Rishpeha rishpe'esh. Her flames are flames of fire. That means godliness is fire. If, and you, but you can encounter the fire in two ways. A fire coming down from heaven, which is Torah. Or you discover the sparks of holiness that are within the earth, and from there you create the fire. The fire coming from worldly things. The difference between avas oilam and avarabah. The di- right? Okay. eretz Yisrael. And this is the idea of Eretz Yisrael. Yardain is what? What did we go? Let's go back. Yardain is the border of Eretz Yisrael. What's the avoid of Yardain? The Indian of Yardain is extracting love from outside of Kedusha and bringing it into holiness. That's the idea of Yardain. Noitel mikan, venoisen likan. It takes from here and it brings over there. It's more of an extraction kind of an Indian. Eretz Yisrael, however, is a place where the love flows from above. Following? Eretz Yisrael is more of a Milo Lamata de Indian. When a Yid is in Eretz Yisrael, he's Zoycha, or should be Zoycha, to love coming from above. Avarabah, great love descending upon his soul from above. Bechlal, in general, we know that the avoid of Birur Hanitzutzis, of elevating sparks, is more of an avoda that happens outside of Eretz Yisrael. That's why we went to Golos. We went to Golos to seek out the sparks of holiness that are far, to elevate. So Eretz Yisrael is not that avoda. But he does say that's the Yardane, the Jordan. It's by the border. And what does it do? It takes the spark and bechlal. Oh, so maybe I'm saying this, I'm saying this just as a, a possibility. I'm not sure, but I'm going to say this. We know that when Yidin, what happens if we wouldn't have sinned? How would we elevate the sparks everywhere? How would we elevate the sparks of Australia if Jews wouldn't have sinned and they didn't go to Australia? So how, how would we elevate? So it says, when you have a big, 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 big fire, 
then it pulls the sparks even from a distance. It serves as a magnet and it pulls the sparks. So instead of us having to go down into the trenches to, to ex- extract and excavate the sparks, the sparks would be drawn by the mighty inferno of holiness that we create in Eretz So you can say in a sense that the Yardane at the border of Eretz Yisrael is, is, is actually is the place kind of where these sparks that are being drawn. Eretz Yisrael itself is a fire from above. The powerful, godly illumination from above, where holiness and love and connection is being channeled through the Torah directly down. But the Yardane is these enhancements of love that are coming from outside of Eretz Yisrael and being converted into Eretz Yisrael, into the love, throughout, through the Yardane. And this is the idea of Eretz Yisrael. In regards to Eretz Yisrael, now how do you know that Eretz Yisrael is a place in which the concept of Eretz Yisrael is a place in where divine love, godly fire is channeled from above down. Not the need to have to bring it out from the earth, but it's a a place in which divinity is being channeled from above. Is the idea, as he said earlier, coming from the Torah? Where do we find that? It says, Hashem's eyes, Hashem the Abishter's eyes, but on an are in it. Now the eyes we know are kinuyim for chachma. The chachamim are called the chachamim are called ha'eda. So it comes out if we say that God's eyes are in the land. That means that the Eberster's Chachma, which is the Torah, because Torah comes from the Eberster's Chachma, is Ba, isn't it? So Eretz Yisrael is a place where divinity flows from above. Inspiration comes from above. It's not needed so much the avoid of extracting it from below. The eyes of God are from above. Because eyes are associated with Chachma. And that's why it's two eyes. Ain't a two eyes because the on Chachmet says two thousand years the Torah was before the world two thousand these are the two eyes. Shuapayim shana alefcha Chachma alefcha Bina. I will teach you Chachma. I will teach you Bina. Which in general these are higher than Shviras Akelim. Remember Shviras Akelim only happened in the seven Midas, and that's Beikar Shayech to the, the the seventy nations and so forth. But Eretz Yisrael is a different thing. It, Eretz Yisrael is the, God's eyes, it's Ava Rabba, it's love flowing from above. This love only comes from above. It's channeled from above. It's a purely spiritual kind of love emanating from the Neshama, not from the Nefesh of Bahamas. It's not a worldly, it's not something coming. Who is the channel? Who channels heavenly love downward? That's Aaron. Shushvina de Matranisa. What's Aaron's job? We know that Moshe and Aaron were a team. To facilitate what? To facilitate a wedding. The wedding, when Hashem took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, the purpose was to go to a chasana. He wanted to marry us. God is the chasan, or we're the kala. Whenever you have a chasan and a kala, you need to have shushvinin. Who are the Shushvinen? Shushvinen are called the Unterfeerer. That's in Yiddish. And in English it means those who escort the Chassan and Akala to the Chuppah. 
So Moshe Rabbeinu is God's escort. He brings God down to us. Aaron is the one who lifts the Jewish people up to Hashem. He lifts the Jewish people up to God. But how does he lift us? He lifts us by channeling powerful godly love into our Nishamas. And that's the idea we know Aaron was, he was the one who lit our Neiros, the Neiros of the Nishamas. So when Aaron comes to a Jew, he blasts him with powerful godly love. The Jew can't help but love God back. So that's Baalois, that's, so that's, he lights, he ignites your soul. So it's a love being channeled from above. We also learned in other places, that's where you see it even the word Aaron. Let's take a look at the word Aaron. The word Aaron, the etymology of the word Aaron is Har. In the word Aaron, you have Aleph, Har, Nun. Har, mountain. In Hasidus, we learned many times, love is compared to a mountain. Because what's love? A love is you're protruding out of yourself towards somebody or something else. There's like a pull towards something. That's love. And that's like a mountain. A mountain is a protrusion outward. So har, har is love. Aleph is the source of where the love comes from. The love is coming from God's, above God's mind. The love is coming from God's essential, infinite love. From Keter, from the crown. That's Aleph. Har is the mountain. And what's the long nun, which is the love? So the har is the love itself. The aleph is the source from where it comes from. And where is the nun? The long nun represents that that love goes down, 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 down. And it chases after every Jew, no matter how low the Jew is. Even the Jew who goes below the line in the Torah. You know, and, and if you look at the Torah, there is the line. I mean, you're behaving according to Torah. Going below the line, like the nun goes down, 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 are people who are violating the Torah. And these people, you're chasing them with like the Rebbe. The Lubavitch Rebbe is the one person who was able to channel love and reach every single Jew, no matter how far, they make a difference. No, no, no tzaddik ever did that. To say, don't make a difference where you are, no matter how disconnected you are, even you're connected. That means to the long nun of Aaron, and how, how far does that nun go? Infinite. No matter how far a Jew goes, the nun chases, chases them. And that's the long nun of the Aaron. So Aaron's Indian is Avarabah, bringing down great love from above, that a Jew should feel that God loves him. And automatically that pulls the neshama in, into that embrace and into that love. Momaila comes from above, only they Aaron through Aaron, Shushvina the Matrinus, who is the escort of the bride. Hamam Sheikh Avarabba, whose his job is to draw down great love, Milmaila from above, Limatrinisa to the queen, or to the Kala. Who's that? That's Knesset Yisro. Or, if we translate that into ge- geographic location, Eretz Yisrael itself is called the Shechina. It's the land of Israel. And what comes down into the land? God's eyes. Hashem's eyes. That's the love. And like you see, sometimes a person looks at someone intently, and that's the strongest conveying of love, is through a deep staring at someone. Hashem's eyes looking down, those are the eyes coming through Aaron Akayin's neshama, to to look eyes upon the land, God's eyes upon the land. Hanal v'doik, okay. V'af, now, so what did we learn so far? There's two loves. There's love that's extracted from our nefesh of Bahamas or from all the physical things that we come into contact with, 
which they all have potential to love. They all have heat. It's just a matter of converting that heat to holiness. That's worldly love. And then there's love coming, a different type of a fire. Fire from above and fire from below. But now the Rebbe adds, Now the Alter Rebbe says, Now even the love that is from within the world, that is coming from below up, you can't say it's only coming from the world. You can't say it's only a one-directional love. Meaning, these are things that when you incorporate them, boom, eat that apple and the apple will explode and you'll have love to God. It doesn't happen that way. Because if it would happen that way, automatically, so we wouldn't need avoda, and what would happen is that a Gentile who eats an apple would also explode with godly love. And for some reason, we don't see that a Gentile who eats an apple explodes with love to God. Not only that, sometimes the Gentile inside us doesn't either explode with love just because we ate an apple. Is a simon. That the love doesn't just come from below. It's a mixture. You have an ashama. You're a holy Jew. Aaron is channeling the love inside of you constantly. When you, as a Jew, receiving that love that's constantly pouring into your neshama from above, is touching that apple, which that apple has that spark of Hashem inside of it, you have the opportunity to be able to ignite that spark that's in that apple, that the fire will come from the apple. The fire will come from the physical object, the, the food, the, the, whatever it is that you used, the Kedusha. But it does need a trigger. And the trigger is also coming from above. That's what he's saying. Now also the love that's from within the world, which is coming from below up, it's not just coming from the world. Nations, Gentiles also eat, and they're not infused with powerful love of Hashem. A Jew yet, or a Jew should be that way. But a Gentile not is a simon that it's not just in the food. The loyna doesn't get transformed to holiness. we have to say, There has to be a radiance coming from above, which is an ashama. An ashama is a channel of godliness. When that channel of godliness comes into contact, contact with anything that has a spark, there is great chances that that spark will be revived, like Tchiyas Mason. It's like doing CPR to this, to this spark, and suddenly, bang, the spark comes alive, and then the spark itself will contribute love that you didn't have before, coming from below. That you should have the capability to be able to lift up these midos, which means these sparks, as we spoke earlier, sparks come from different types of things. The midah that there is in cheesecake is different than that which is in, in, in jalapenos. Because you realize this is a sharp food, so this has more gavura, and this has more chesed. So it's a different type of a love. But it's from one of those Zion midahs that are within the, within the food. Zehu, and this is the meaning of the yorad ha'gvul ha'yardoyna. What are we saying like this? Eretz Yisrael is love coming from above. But what does it say? that the 
the border of Eretz Yisrael goes down to the Jordan. What does that mean? Jordan is the Avodah of lifting things up from the bottom up. That's what we said before. The Gemara says that what does the Yaredin do? Noitel Mizeh, it takes from here, but Noitel Mizeh. It's the Avodah of Mamatalamayla. It's the Avodah of lifting things up towards Kedushin. But in order for that to happen, there has to be a meeting from above as well. Some energy has to flow from above, or else you're not going to be able to elevate things. So that's the idea that Viyarad Hagvul, the border of Eretz Yisrael, which Eretz Yisrael is love, goes down Hayardoina into the Yardain to empower the Yardain to be able to lift things up. It's where the two loves meet. The love of the Neshama, has, as a constant, has to be channeled into the Nefesh Bahamas and all these physical things in order to ignite them, in order to spark them. So the Yod HaDagvul HaYardoyna Umacha Al Ketef Yam Keneres Kedma Now, even though, now, now he's explaining, however, the Pasuk before that. Here it says, Ve'yara da'gvul ha'yardoyna. It seems like it's one Pasuk, but it's not. It's the next Pasuk. Ve'yara da'gvul. Before that it says, Ve'yara da'gvul umacha al ketzav yam kineris. So what's that? What's the, before it comes down to the Jordan, it says it hits the eastern shore of the Kineret River. So what does that mean, Kedma, to the east? So now he's going to explain what is the Kinneret. So far we understood what the Jordan is. Now we'll learn what the Kinneret is. Kinneret is from the word Kinor. Obviously it should have come to everybody immediately when you think about Kinneret. It's the feminine form, it's the female form of a Kinor. David HaMelech played with a Kinor. A Kinor is a harp. A Kinneret is a harp, female harp. It's got the tough at the end. So kineret mosoik kikinor. It is sweet. And I guess it's an expression maybe that Chazal also say. Why is it called kineret? The waters of the kineret are very sweet. Sweet waters. And they're sweet like a harp. When you hear music from a harp, it's very sweet, pleasant sounding. So the kineret is a very sweet experience. So there's a connection over here, sweetness. Now once you're dealing with sweetness, if the Gemara says, if there's an expression in Chazal, that Kineris is a masoket sweet, so you know that the energy of the Kineris is not like the Yardain. The Yardain's energy is flames of fire. Its energy is gvura. It's to take from the unholy and put into the holy, extract the fire upward. The Kineris is chesed, kindness. We know the difference between gvura and chesed. Gavur is, is an upward, is a, is a, is a from the bottom up, and, um, and chesed is a flow from up down, a kindness. It flows from the one who's on the top, the one who has, whether it's a rich man, whether it's any other kind of thing, a person that has, and he's flowing his energy to someone lower. So kineret is chasadim. And where is it coming from? Chinez chasadim yoytzei me'eden which we know that the flow of, of chesed, if, you, if we look at the, at the spheros, we see that chesed is on the right side. And where is its source? Chachma. When we take chachma, chabad, chachma is on the right, bina is on the left, das in the middle. Chesed again on the right. So the right side is the flow of chesed. Where is it? It's coming from chesed. Chachma. And chachma is called Aden. V'nohar yoytzei me'eden. A river comes out of Aden. So this is the the Kinneret is related to that river going out of Aden. 
sweet waters of chasadim. That's the Kinneret. Now, over here he doesn't give us much explanation on the Kinneret. Just one little thing. It seems to be very different than the Yarde. Jordan is a, a, an energy from below. It's more like water is coming out from below upward. The Kinneret is water coming from above. It's this chesed flow. Okay. But what does it say regarding to the Kinneret? When it says that um, the, it goes down to the Kinneret, the Yared before that it says, the Yared Harivla, from Shvam to Rivla, Mikedem Ayin, before, from the east of the city called Ayin. So the Alter Rebbe says like this the waters of the Kinneret, they are coming, Mikedem, Kedem can mean to the east. Kedem can also mean before. Kodem, before. So Kedem la'ayin means before the level of ayin. What's ayin? Ayin are, ayin is an eye. But ayin is also 70. The letter ayin is 70. So the root, the seven midas, the root of the seven midas is an ayin, the letter ayin. So that's, 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 oh, if we say this is mikedem la'ayin, what does it mean? It means higher than the root of the seven midas. So where is the kineret coming from? The kineret, remember we said before, where do all the sparks of holiness come from? The sparks of holiness comes from shviris ha'kelem. Shviris ha'kelem of what? Of the seven midas. Seven midas, that's the 70, that's the ayin. Where do you have that, that ayin? Where do, you, where do you encounter that ayin, the root of the seven midas? When we say Shema Yisrael every day, the Shema has a large ayin. That ayin, that large Shema, that's the root where all the sparks of holiness come from. And we're bringing, when we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, every day, what we're doing is all the sparks of holiness that we've encountered all day long that have been scattered, we're unifying them into their source, into that ayin. But the Kinneret waters... They come before the ayin. They're from a place higher than the ayin. Okay? And that has to do with, similar to what we were learning earlier, that Eretz Yisrael, Kinneret is part, is in Eretz Yisrael. It's not like the Yaradain. Yaradain is sort of serving as that border from here to here. The Kinneret is inside. And what is it? It's more a holiness coming from above, flow from, as he said before, Torah is before the world, before the seven dimensions. And it's even higher than the eyes of Hashem that are in the that are in the land. Well, soon we're going to see about that in the beer when he's going to explain it. Yam Kineres Yam Ilah. The sea of the Kineret is the supernal sea. Yam Ilah Bchinas Nekudim. It's the Bchina of Nekudim. So we'll soon see what that means. The kudim brudim yer, vayarden, and the yarden uphenas areish pechas netzutzim, and the yarden is the two hundred and eighty-eight sparks. Shebeklipas noiga that is in klipas noiga, sheyardu b'shvira that have fallen down. So yarden is related to that which fell and collapsed and needs rectification. And then um, what's it called again? The kineret is way above that. But their short their source before the Shvira, Sham Now if 
you think about it, even though the Yaradain has the sparks of holiness that have fallen down, but hold it. Where is the, where is the Yaradain coming from? What did we say earlier? The Yaradain flows from the Kinneret to the, to the Salty Sea, to the Yam HaMel. That means that the source of these sparks of holiness that are here is really from the Kinneret. So he's saying, "V'sham avol sharsham koydem shvira." Before the shvira sakelim, shamu sharsham in the yam kineret. Ubezeh hamshacha liyardein, and this is the hamshacha to the yardein. Sheyuchol lahaloyz v'little mezev v'little mezev da'ilamev. From the kineret comes the power. It's the idea we learned earlier that Aaron gives us the power to be able to elevate things from below as well. Similar to that. The Yam Kineris, be said, is, is, is a place that's above the Shvira. It's above the, the Savoda. Yardin is the Avoda of, of Biruranitutis. Kineret is above it. But in order for us to be able to rectify things, as we said earlier, a Gentile eats, he doesn't rectify anything, doesn't elevate, doesn't extract that fire. In order for the Yardin to have its power, it needs to receive, there is a flow from the Kineret to the Yardin. The is enough to those who understand, and those who understand will understand. He says it twice, two times. So we don't have to feel bad if we don't understand. Okay, so So now, based on all of this, let's try to explain, he says, what, what the matter is all about. To understand this idea of what does it mean, Vayered Agvul, Hine Gvul Dalid Rucha is the Eretz Yisrael, the Gvul, the border of the four directions, the four direction border of Eretz Yisrael, Yashloima, we can say, Shuhu Inyan Yud Beis Gvule Alachsen, Haniskar Besefi Yitzira. Sefi Yitzira, it mentions the idea of Yud Beis Gvule Alachsen, of 12. Givulim, 12 borders, alachsen, which means also diagonal. So in Paradise, he explains what is this idea of the 12 Yudbeis Givulim alachsen. Sharchof Alef Perik Zayin. Shehem Givul Mizrachis, Roimis, Givul Tzvainis Roimis, Givul Mizrachis Tachtis, we say there is Yud Beis Gvulei Alachsa. So here you have a cube. When you have, it's not exactly a cube, but you've got something that is three dimensions. Okay? So let's see. How many Gvulim do you have? In a sense, you can say there are four Gvulim. One, two, three, four. If you want to be a little more, you can say there are six Gvulim, six borders. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six gvulim. Really, a little more, paying a little more attention, we see there are 12 gvulim. Why? You got up, you got this, the upper, um, the upper west side, that's west, right? The upper west, the lower west, it's two. And then, so each side, first of all, so what do we have over here? And this is the, what side is that way? Huh? North. The upper north, lower north. Upper east, lower east. 
south and lower. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Then, then we have this border. One, two, three, and four. So that's another four. That gives you 12. So these are the 12 borders that, that there are in any, anything. When it comes, however, to Eretz Yisrael, since Eretz Yisrael is a flat land, meaning you're not dealing with something like this, and when you can catch, when you're gonna do the borders, you don't have these borders. All you have, that's why you end up only with four. Because you don't have the lower of it and the upper, because if Eretz Yisrael would protrude up like a, like a cube outside of the rest of the world, then you would be, and would be like a, a mound, then you can point to all 12. So really the four are really, in essence, they're 12. That's what he's saying. So the Ramak in Sharchof Al of Perik Zayin, Shem Gvul Mizrochis Roimis, the Upper East, Gvul Tzvaynis Roimis, and then the Northern Upper Side, Gvul Mizrochis Tachtis, and then the Eastern Bottom, Gvul Mizrochis Tzvaynis, and then the Mizrach North, East North, that's one of the corners I was showing you earlier, Ayin Shem. Now, even though in the, in the physical Eretz Yisrael, it's not Shaykh to say the upper side or lower. The Shorish of these Gevulais of Eretz Yisrael, in other words, the concept above has all 12 borders. These borders that the Torah says about Eretz Yisrael are really deriving from and connecting to those 12 borders that we spoke about now, all these things. And that's why we talk about in Yecheskel. He counts in Yecheskel 12 borders. When you divide the land to 12 tribes, as it is known, the Yud Beishvatim that the twelve tribes Sharsham Gam came be Yud Beis Gevulei Alachs. So we learned that the twelve Shvatim are also rooted in these twelve Gevulei Alachsim, which is basically the the ultimate um, um, uh, uh, borders of all of space. Okay, Kedisa Bezayar Pashas Bamidbar. So you think about it: if the Jewish people have twelve tribes, that means the Jewish people are the borders of all of space. All of space, the concept of space is all Israel. The Jewish people encompass all of space. It's a cool idea. Twelve Shvatim, because we're, we're tw- twelve. Trace a shift in trace in Tchumen, the Ilani Allah Kadisha, that the supernal uh, tree, Bahu Achtum Bechasmayu, are sealed with them. Elon Echod, yes. What does it do with a tree? It says over there in Paradise, Elon Echod, yes, God has one tree. Now, by the way, let's just explain something. The tree is referring to the six emotions. The Zeir Ampin is called a tree. Eitz Chayim, it's a tree. So that's six. And that's related to the six directions. Chesed, Gevura, Teferis. And again, in each one, there is an up and a bottom. And then there's the, the corners where the two meet. And tchum 
is one idea. And the reason why they're called Gevulim and Tchumim, why are they called borders? What's this idea? These 12 Gevulim are the Hiskalalus, they are the integration of the of it's where the two it's where the different ktsavos the the various different um, midos blend one with each other. Shemashisha midos chagas nehi. It's the six midos of chagas and nehi. Kishem eskalalim zem When they become nichlal, when they become interlooped and interwoven one with the other, kamoy eskalalus achsadim begevurais. When Chesed and Gevura unify together, or Yiskalal is Gevura Benetzach, or we're Gevura. Think about it. When you have a line, a border, what's really happening? It's connecting this side with this side. This border is connecting this side also with this side. This border is connecting the bottom and the top. And so each border is a connection, a point, a junction. So if you take them as six spheres, and then the spheres attach one with each other. Chesed connects with Gevura, or, or Gevura with Netzach, that creates all these various different Gevulim. Chesed, Chochma Chesed, Netzach is on the right side. Ubaga Bina Gevura Hoid, Kav is on the left side. The Yiskalaluson, how do you connect the energies from the right? To the energies of the left, while they gavule alachsin these to the gavulim. Now this is kalalus. He says it's not in the essence of the light itself, of the energy of chesed, for instance. The or is a simple light, and therefore, in a sense, you can say that the light of chesed and the light of gavura are really, are really, uh, are really the same. It's when the when the oirois are mislabish bekelim. And that's how there is an eskalalus that happens. Kefi seder anaga, according to this seder, according to this uh, order. What do the kalim do? The idea of a keli, of the vessels, is to contain the light. The light becomes defined in the keli, in the vessel. Number one, the light is simple. So if the light is simple, meaning it's undefined, but when you're putting it into a keli, the keli gives it, gives it a definition. So that means it gives it a boundary. It's not, so the keli gives it definition and therefore limitation. Two reasons. First of all, because the oil is pashut, and pshitus means it's simple. It does. It's 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 abstract. It doesn't it doesn't have any definitions to it. Number two, it's limitless. The light. It's ein sof. So therefore, the keli adds two things. It adds hagbala in terms of definition. It's not pashut anymore. It's not red or yellow or green or blue and so forth. Number two, it's adding limitation. The keli influences the light 
that the light should only, the energy should only influence in a limited fashion. So we know that how the, Hashem created a limited world, not an infinite world. And since this main hiskalalus, this integration of chesed with gevura, or gevura with netzach and the like, is through the oiris being mislabish in kelim davke the ilu or mitzad atzmoyu or pashut is simple light lechein nikre yud beis gevulim that's why they're called yud beis gevulim because this is where the kelim which the kelim are all about gevul are 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 impacting the most. The keli is now playing a role. And what is the keli doing? It's causing hagbala. What kind of hagbala? Well, it's creating a certain blend of two spheres to give it that particular style or that particular influence and so forth. That's why these yud beis are called gevulim because the whole eskalalus, the whole idea of yud beis is eskalalus, integration. And integration only happens through kelim. And what do kelim do? They're magbil. They limit. Or yud based chumim. They're also called the twelve boundaries. Hainu hagbalas. These are all limitations. Sha'or nigbal bekelim. The or becomes limited in the keli. Or miskalalim. And they become integrated. Le yud based gavulim. And then they become twelve boundaries. Yud based chumim. Twelve chums. Yeah, twelve, twelve particular areas. This is it. Masha kasevazayyad ahoyilani ilo kadisha. We can explain what the Zayar says. It's a strange passage in the Zayar that this tree becomes becomes sealed with this chosim. Not aschem, not sealed, but rather it becomes Itcham, uh, it becomes, uh, it gets a tchum, it gets a, a a boundary with their bound with with these boundaries. Vapinish canal, because the tree itself is an energy emanating from God, which would be ein sof. But since it's going into the kalim, and the kalim are miskalalim with, with the other, it's giving definition and boundaries and so forth. These yud base, these twelve boundaries, are also the idea of the twelve tzirufim, the twelve combinations, permutations of havaya. The yud base tzirufe adna. We know that every hour there's a different tziruf, there's a different combination of yud kevavke. Twelve hours of the day is the yud base tzirufe havaya. Twelve hours of the night is the Yud-based Tzirufim, 12 permutations of the name Adna. That's how the Alter Rebbe, when he was in jail, knew what time it was, even though they kept him in pitch black the entire day, was because he was able to sense what the Tziruf is. Every hour is a different Tziruf. These different Tzirufim, every hour, time and space are interlocked. So just like in space, there are wow, the, 12, the 12 boundaries. So in time also, it, it translates into these different combinations of letters, which is... This translates into time as 12 months. So today is Rosh Chodesh. We enter into a new Tziruf, a new, a new Yudkei Vavkei, particularly for this month. 
שבכל חודש ונברי חודש מקבלים כנסת ישראל. כנסת ישראל, we are מקבל from a different תחום, from a different boundary. Just like a different boundary in space in Eretz Yisrael, we're also being mekabel from a different tziruf. Knesset Yisrael, metziruf echod ma'yud base tzirufi avaya. From one of the tzirufim, of the twelve tzirufim of Yud Kevavki. And that's what creates the unique energy of the month. Every month has different energy. Av has its unique energy. Hopefully going to be turned over very soon to the happiest month. And so on. Every month has its unique energy. quality, it's unique season. Because it's seasoned differently. It's seasoned differently. The months are seasoned differently. Some months are salty and peppery. Other months are more cinnamon. And so on and so forth. Every month has its different style, different uh, 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 sense to the month. Why? It depends which midas of the Ebeshter are flowing and the main dominant element of that month. When Chesed unifies with Hoid, the bottom side of Dorim is Chesed with Hoid. Now how do you get that? Well, Chesed is south, that we know. Hoid, why is it called, now it's the bottom side. Remember we said before, in a cube you have the bottom. So the bottom, why is that Hoid? Chesed with Hoid. Why is the bottom emphasizing Hoid? I'm not exactly sure. Not sure. Chesed flows down, but why Dafke is it crossing over to the other side? Where do you see the crossing over to the other side, to the left side? You might say Chesed to Netzach, but he's saying it's, 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 it's crossing over on the other side. Where do you see that in the Tachtis of Amachot? Kach Nimshach Gamkein Bebchene Zulam Gamkein Lamata. Now, That translates down here into a unique kind of an energy in our Avodah Hashem. The Knesset Yisrael to Knesset Yisrael. La Avodah Hashem to serve our Hashem b'b'chinezu in this level. Shuliyah says, Skalalus b'chinas ava im b'chinas haida. That we should be able to integrate our love with submission. The love is a blend of submissive love. Um b'chinas eskalalus ha-gvura b'hoid. Now, when Gevura unifies with Hoid, Shezeru Gevil Tzvaynes Tachtes, that's the Tzafayn. Tzafayn is, north is Gevura. The bottom is Hoid. Again Hoid, he's, he's saying the Tachtes is always Hoid, that's interesting. So it's the connection of Gevura with Hoid. Nimshech Lises Kalus, Hayiro Bebchenes Hayda. You have submissive fear, which is Hoid together with Yiro. And this is the way it is in all the Midas. So when Jews live in different areas of Eretz Yisrael, it means their, their service is different. Jews who live up north serve Hashem differently than the Jews who live down south. It's a different energy. Their very home is, is in a different energy, in a different space. That's why they're living. And that's the reason also why I live on... On 158 South Detroit Street and the other neighbor of mine lives on 158 North Detroit so his Avoid is more of a Tzafaindig Avoid my Avoid is more South because my name is Ruvain Ruvain has to do with Re'iya with vision Chesed I'm a Koyan also Chesed and that's why I live on South 
because south is, 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 is chesed. The people who live north from Beverly, they're much tougher people. I don't deal with them. I only deal with the people who live south. That's the Aveda. In any case, I'm just kidding. But you see, people live. Your, your address, your place you live, these are all, they all speak volumes. There's a lot of secrets to that. No one just moves in somewhere just like this. Yeah. Now what's the shayrish? What's the root of these 12 gvulei alachsen? They come from very, very high. They translate into Malchus, which is time and space. Now, above Malchus, they, even, they're, they're 12 concepts, but they're not really time and space. When they come down in Malchus, that's where they translate as time and space. They translate lower than Malchus into the three lower worlds, Bri, Yitzir, and Asir. This is the idea of Yorad HaGvul. The gvul, which is the concept of the yud beiz tzirufei, yud kevavke, yarad, that comes down into lower existence and materializes into a, into a shetach, into, a, into, into a, a plot of land, into a space in this world. So that's the idea of the yarad ha-gvul. The gvulim come down into the lower and they impress themselves in a lower existence. And down here they become... What down here is physical space is up there a certain style and concept. Is that what I'm saying? Here it becomes formulated as mamisha. Mikedem la'ayin. What does it mean, mikedem la'ayin? From east of ayin. There are 12 that are covered up. Their root is from Teferes of Erech Anpin. Ah, we know that Midois... Okay, so what are we learning over here? The whole idea of these Yud-Beis Gvuli Alachsen have to do with the six Midois when they connect one to each other, the scholars. But what's really the root of the Midois? We learned this many times, the Hasidus, that the root of the Midois are higher than Chabad, even though they are stimulated and Chabad is considered appearance the Chachma bin Adas is considered appearance to the emotions but that's not really their source the root of emotions are rooted higher than intellect higher than mind and that's the meaning Mikedem La'ayin they're really higher than Ayin Ayin are the two eyes which are Chachma and Bina they're higher than that Ah, the Abba Ve'ima until we say even that Chachma and Bina Malbishem Oisa they enclose them that means the energy of the Midois as they stand in Keser are much higher than Chachma Bina. Shehem Rak Lovush, they're considered only an outer garment, the Midois Elu to these Midois. Veshamu Tachlis Vaamitis Hayiskalalus. And that's really where they are integrated one with each other, these Midois. Then later they manifest in a lower place. From there they descend into the twelve gavulei alachsim, the zah of the zeir ampin. Achenim shachgam came b'malchus until they manifest in malchus as the twelve shvatim and so forth. The zaum macha al ketef yam kineres. It, 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 it hits on the, on the eastern shore of the on the on the shore of yam kineres. Lius pchinas ave betanugim masoik kikinar. To translate into a into an experience of love, a love of 
pleasure, like we, le- we learned earlier, when we were learning earlier, I mentioned to you that kineret comes from the word kinor, and kinar, when you hear a kinar, you're filled with a sense of sweetness. So kineris is the sense of, kineret is the idea of the sweetness. So it's the idea of tanugim, pleasure. Sweetness is the, the pleasure, the delight. And, and this, and so the, the, the gvul comes down to create this ava betanugim, this love of delight. Why? What's the connection of this gvul to the kineret river? to the Kinneret Sea, to produce this idea of, of, of Ava B'Tanugim, love of the light. Again, the Kinneret is very different than the Jordan. The Jordan River is a river of fire. It's Rishpeh, Rishpeh Eish. Kinneret is Mayim, water, delight, pleasure. It's, it's, it's a very pleasurable place. So it says over there, It says over there, I ate my forest and my honey. The Zohar says that when Hashem says, I ate my honey and my, and my, uh, and my forest, it's Hashem's breakfast. What's Hashem's breakfast? Hashem has a salad with honey mustard. Where do you see that? It says in the Pasuk. His forest, he eats his forest. Hashem is going to have a big salad. So he eats his forest. The forest, it says, is all the malachim. When the malachim sing shira, they're raising sparks. And they're called the trees. So Hashem eats them. These are sparks. These are malachim that become integrated in God. Sparks that become, that means he's eating it. Just like when we eat. We integrate things that are outside of us into us. So Hashem too absorbs these sparks of the malachim that go up. What's the honey? The honey is amongst the song of the malachim. The malachim are vast. The malachim are endless. You know how many angels there are? They're singing powerful. And then there is a few Jews down here who daven as well. We say Kriya Shema. And here's the beautiful. You ever have a salad? You ever have a salad? Have a salad. You eat salad. Most of it is salad. But if they forgot to give the dressing, it's like doesn't have the pleasure. How much pleasure do you put onto it? How much dressing do you put? Take a spoon, put it on, sprinkle it on. It's only a little bit, but it gives the whole taste. So it says like this, every morning all the malachim are singing to God. There's the huge forest that God consumes. The calories the Ebershter gets from them. Sorry for being saying that, but that's just what it is. You learn more Hasidic, we understand that, but that's what it is. But where does the Ebershter get his pleasure? The pleasure comes from the Shema Yisrael that Jews say. That's called, um, that's called the honey. The honey, because we're Hashem's honey. We're his wife. So he says honey. So we're the honey. We're the sweet. And we give the salad, we give the forest the taste. So bekiyem echad v'ahavta. When we say echad v'ahavta, and what kind of love is that? That's ava betanugim. That's love of the light. There's two types of love in v'ahavta. One love of v'ahavta is it's a love of yearning. There's a different type of a love. When a person... Because there's two, two ways where a person, two reactions to Shema Yisrael Hashem Alakeinu Hashem Achad. If a Jew is distant and far, and he's still caught up in Nefesh Bahamas, in a distant, in a, in, a, in a web of darkness, so he says Achad, and he meditates on Achad, he appreciates God's unity, and he's yearning, he wants, but he doesn't feel it. He wants to become part with one, that's fiery love. But there's another type of a Jew, a tzaddik. 
His reality has completely already gotten rid of all the darkness. So when he says Echad, he's actually living inside the Echad and he's suddenly overtaken with a powerful sensation of ecstasy and delight. That's Ava B'Tanugin. And that's the Echad that we're talking about over here that serves as honey. Yari, because it's sweet. There's no, there's no, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not fire, it's, it's sweet. Now this level is called Masaik. It's called sweet like a kinar. And the kinaret is that kind of an experience. Those who live by the kinaret are living in Ava B'tanugim, love of the light. Maybe that can be the reason why so many tzaddikim wanted to be buried in Tiberias. Because that's where the kinaret is. Tzaddikim davka. Because they were in this level of Ava B'tanugim. Kinaret is sweetness. Yardain is still dealing with the tanginess of converting things. This love comes from above. They are in through Aaron. As again, as is your side. He's the Shoshvina de Matrinus. He channels this love of the light from above. He big day Kodesh la Aaron. Like we learned in the mind of Asisa big day Kodesh. This love comes from the level called Rav Chesed, which is in Keser. It's the Chesed, the love that's boundless. It's higher than the Chesed coming from the world, which is limited love. This is what it says over here. It's higher than the world before the world. The Oilam Ein Avav Ketzavos Chesed Oilam. That's the Olam is, is world is the six boundaries. This comes from a place beyond that. It's compared to a kinar. What's, why is it compared dafka to a kinar to a harp? Because it says in Zoyar, Soif Tikkun Esrim, in the end of the Tikkun, Tikkun Zoyar of 20, Pidish Halaluka, and the Pidish of Halaluka, it says, Halaluka Benevel Vechinar. Praise him with a navel and a chinar. Kinar, so it says over there, the Zayar says, Kinar stands for Chavav Ner. 26 Ner. The lamp of 26. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Iyu Havaya. Now, Hashem, Yudke Vavke, that's 26. The Itmar Hashem Oiri Yishi. No here, Bener, the Iyu Shechinta. Ah, what's Kinar. Kinar is a unification between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina. Ner, the Shechina is called a Ner. A lamp. Havaya, Chavav, is, 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 is Havaya. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When Hashem, when Yud Kevavki shines in the Shechina, it's Kinar. Chavav, Ner. That's why David HaMelech, who is the Shechina, is always playing on a Kinar. He's always trying to draw down the 26 into him. When you will ignite the lamps. Which means you will bring down his galos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu of, of into the nair through the Chavav. And through this Radiance, the kinar plays on its own. It says by David Amelech that David Amelech didn't have to play. 
the wind played his kinar. So what does that mean? When the when the or of Yudke Vavke shines into Nair, when you have this Yichud, the Kinar plays on its own. It's the Malchus going up. It's Malchus being the Skala Lamaila. Okay, let's take a break because I have no idea what I'm talking about over here already. As I told you, I didn't even learn this ever. I'm just looking at it for the first time right now. Maybe we can figure out more of it. But first, we need to take a break a minute. I'm so tired. Shem should help. It's Gvaldigin Yonim. Gvaldigin Yonim. But I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's still Gvaldig. Yossi, how are you?